When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome into CHGO, the CHGO White Sox podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Uh, Jay Zawoski and the Blackhawks podcast, I was listening to it in Studio B, um, completely did the old sponsor. So I think I was just a little bit scared to mess up my own podcast name uh, today. I didn't want to pull a J, so shout out to Jay Zawoski. Uh, again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. It's a hard habit to break. You've been doing it since March. Nine months. Uh, yeah. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We got the regular CHGO White Sox crew, Vinny Duber in the flying uh, burrito band shirt. He's flying a, Burrito Brothers, yes, absolutely. Oh, brothers. I thought it was a yeah. band. They are a band. They are a band. But they're the Flying Burrito Brothers, yes. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. Uh, and the man in the middle, Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. What's up with the, the Diamondbacks hat? It was the clean hat. Oh, okay. uh, I actually went back to the suburbs this weekend, and they put this in the actual washer, which one of these uh, flex hats, they can actually go into there without it being wrecked too much. We got this in Arizona, as I like to go to games and not wear a White Sox hat, so I like to wear the teams that are in front of me. Did you wear that in the pool? I, we did not go to the pool, but I said what's up to Mark Grace real quick. He was in the back. Was he in the pool? Yeah, no, he was <laughs> in the back right behind the pool, though. Did you guys go in the pool? Would no, I go in the yeah. pool? No, no. I don't know. I think if you is it, it a tub, is it a I tub or a pool? I think it's, it's a, a pool. pool. And if, they have a. I think they have an extra like a hot tub, okay. a jetted tub too. If I didn't have to pay for the tickets, absolutely, I would go in the pool. I'm not springing for pool tickets, but I would sit in the pool if invited because I agree. It's you. You can't do that anywhere else, right? Like we, I, we in Vegas. I think the the last thing anyone should ever do is probably use the bathtub, but we still did. It was a jetted tub. It was like kind of of a hot tub. No. So who cares? But no. whatever. You know what? I'm still alive. I'm I saw. St- I am here still standing. Well, and you know what? that stuff takes a little while to cook inside well, the inside uh, your body. I saw <laughs> that. I saw the <laughs> I didn't picture. Swallow you, the water. I saw the picture you took. It looked like a huge ass tub. That would have been decent. Did you have some Epsom salt with you? No, we're just, uh, just relaxing with some bubble bath, just soap. Okay, you know, yeah. soap, just soap. Oh, um, it bath was is, it was the moisturizing. Man, kind. baths are nice. But I'm I'm with you. Like I'll, I'll jump in the Arizona Diamondbacks hot tub. Are you grossed out by it? Is that why you're not going just, in? Yeah, I, I don't like public pools because just of all the stuff you hear about. You know, if you smell chlorine, that means somebody's urinated in that pool because chlorine doesn't have a smell. I didn't know that. No, it doesn't. Not, not, not the chlorine that's goes Is in that there. science, Herb? I don't know. Uh, check I it out. So you work in a pool? I, 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 I TikToked it, it, and they were like, yeah, you smell a strong sense, scent of chlorine. That's the activating of the urine and the chlorine in the pool. Because chlorine. The famed, the famed medical journal, TikTok. TikTok. Gotcha. Okay. I, yeah. I could have gone my whole life without knowing that. Yeah. yeah I agree, Sarah. Uh, also, like, you could smell a little bit. But if you smell a lot, like, hmm, it smells like you got a lot of chlorine on you. No, you don't. 
Oh, boy. Um, mm. It accommodates 35 people, the Diamondbacks pool. So oh, maybe, I thought you were going to say the tub you were in in Vegas. Oh, no, that would be <laughs> a lot more fun. Uh, but if we take out a trip to, you know, uh, spring training, they're probably not going to be playing games because they'll be at spring training. Uh, but, you know, but now you got the balanced schedule, so they'll be going to Phoenix every every so true. often. We could have a CHGO watch party in the hot tub. So PHNX probably has a hookup. Probably. Uh, it seems a little I lonely. I don't want to go. Probably means the tickets are cheap. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, let's uh, talk now about something not still not really White Sox, uh, but this popped up last night after we did the live show with Josh Nelson yesterday. Uh, the Charlotte Knights announced a rebranding of their logo and uniforms. So uh, let's watch the video and let's show you the new Charlotte Knights uniforms. realize about um too long that video yeah. was too long and i realized about 15 <laughs> seconds into that video that it's probably not going to work well for the podcast listeners oh yeah, yeah. so I hope you enjoyed the music everyone <laughs> listening tomorrow yeah the charlotte knights are turning blue yes yeah. they are turning blue it's kind of like hornets blue if you could picture Panthers. that it's more Panthers. Okay, yeah, Panthers yeah, That's blue. good. I'd like yeah. a city with the same type of uh, color scheme all the way through, like Pittsburgh, with all their black and yellow there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. Color upgrade, for sure. Mm -hmm. And the best news is they can still rock the night mask after they hit home runs. Because that, that color's not going to change. Paint that blue. That would look even sicker. Oh, it would look way better. And like yeah. maybe like a, a little bit of a chrome finish on it, too. Yeah. So like that, that blue, but like kind of chromed. I don't know. It'd be sweet to see like Aloy. Whole, maybe knock wow. on wood, you know, wow. rehab assignment. Sean's already sending a lawyer on a rehab assignment. <laughs> I don't know. I thought of somebody who wouldn't, like, oh, yeah. is Mark Payton going to get that many home runs? Well, I mean, he had like 20 this year. Yeah. But, like, is Mark, are you guys looking for Mark Payton in the Knights helmet a lot or no? No, I hope he's uh, on another team uh, continuing wow. his major league journey. <laughs> what did like, Mark he's, do? Mark Payton's, like, in his late 20s he's not gonna make the white Sox. if he is on the white Sox again next year i'll be very disappointed because that is a lifelong minor league slash major leaguer that's not gonna help the white Sox in 2023 i just want him to have success somewhere else because it's not gonna be here all right as we saw yesterday Vinny explained it perfectly charlotte's a band box and his home runs he hit there are not real we saw when he came out to the major leagues it wasn't really a thing so I don't think Mark Payton is long for the White Sox future. Played like six games. I don't know if I don't know if he got enough of a run here. Herb, Herb has really <laughs> turned this uniform and logo talk into just bashing on Mark, Mark Payton. Payton. Sorry, Mark yeah. Payton, and your 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 fans are watching. He's not a even, Saint Rita guy. Yeah, he's not even the brother. You're not even the brother ice guy in the podcast mm -mm. taking shots at the Saint Rita alum. Um, anyways, uh, the uniforms look great. Uh, I like the blue. Uh, that's, uh, I think that's all that we could say. Uh, HL says reminds me of the old Pelicans colors. Uh, I, I like the Papa color, and I, you know, I hope the White Sox don't follow suit. I think they they should stick with the black and white. Um, do we think you know any? Disagree. You want, 
They should. They need more red. White Sox need more red. Herb's always like the '90s, like yeah. the, the the Frank Thomas debut, like 1991, which had red in it, had yeah. a little accent of red in it. Yeah, the Sammy Sosa. Yeah, White Sox days. Cursive Chicago across the chest with the gray uniforms, classic. Just a good look. I think their look right now with their gray uniforms is just bland and garbage. Just add a little red. So, like, keep the home uniform and add a little red on the oh, road? Home, yeah. Well, home. like, I mean, that's 59, right? Yeah, the home yeah. uniform is perfect. That's the 59 look. But if you want to take... a little red outline of the socks. But if you want to take away the 83 Sunday look and put in the red uniforms that Dick Allen used to wear with the pinstripes, the best go ones. ahead. I would be fine with, like, keeping the black alternates, going with the, the 90s road alternate for, like, Sundays, and then going with the 90s road, and then keeping the p- black pinstripes. Because, I mean, it, it's still, like... Since they've gone to that black and white socks logo, like that's been such a huge seller for yeah. them. Like you just saw the recent Lids report that that was the third highest selling uh, selling hat uh, in 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 all of America was just the, the black SOX uh, uh, hat. So I don't know. I don't think the White Sox are changing anything, but Charlotte is. So uh, congrats to Charlotte. Uh, we're talking about the main man, uh, Pedro Grifo. Uh, it has been announced that the White Sox tomorrow morning will, uh, they sent out a press release and John Greenberg shared the uh, the news and Bob Nightingale was tweeting it as well, uh, that tomorrow morning, Pedro Grifo will be announced as the White Sox manager. will be live at 1215. I think it's at, Saying the time, it's uh, it's it's early, early. it's before so that. We'll be able to have Vinny on after Pedro Grifo uh, is announced as the team's manager. So we have some you know lingering questions, or maybe some questions Vinny's going to be asking Pedro Grifo. Um, what do we expect to be the questioning? What, what do we expect to try to find out from Pedro Grifo? Because you know, we can kind of match up what he uh or how he matches up to what Rakan said. He wanted for a manager. Um, we could do our own research, but what do we need to hear from the person himself or maybe Rakan himself about this managerial search and uh, now what it means for Pedro Griffo, Pedro Griffo to be an MLB manager? What makes him qualified uniquely for this 2023 Chicago White Sox team? He saw what happened in 2022 and years before that as a Royals bench coach and also a Royals employee before that. Why does he think that he can do what is necessary that – Tony and Miguel Cairo couldn't do? Or why does he think that his ascension to managing is the right time for for now? Because we don't really know who Pedro Griefall is. I don't, at least. There's a lot of baseball people who rave about him, love him, think that it is his time to shine. And so I've only been taking their cues from this and saying, okay, if they believe in him and they swear by him, he must be somebody that is very valuable. Because truth be told, I didn't hear about Pedro Griefel's name until the end of the year when they were rumoring to get an interview with him. I was like, who is this guy? Looked and checked him out. I was like, okay, he's been with this organization for a long time. Seems like a, a qualified guy. But I would love to know if he sees the White Sox as a perfect fit for him because of his upbringing, his bilingual uh, nature, how the White Sox are structured right now. They're a win-now team. It's pretty much a good team for a first-year manager to land on, any manager to land on, much less a first-year manager to drop onto these White Sox on the south side and say, hey, go ahead and win the AL Central. Yeah, I heard you said a lot of kind of the same things that I would say when when answering Sean's question. But, I mean, I think, you know – the. Being a Major League Baseball manager is not like, you know, being the president. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. a lot of people are qualified to be a Major League Baseball manager because there's a lot of Major League Baseball coaches. Yeah. There's a lot of Minor League Baseball managers, and there's a lot of people who are Major League Baseball players. Um, I don't doubt for a second that Pedro Griffo is very qualified for this job. Uh, it, 
like you said, every every word you've heard from people uh, uh, around uh, around the game in the last day or so, the ones who have spoken out, overwhelmingly positive. Sounds like he earned his shot. Good for him that he's getting it. I think when it comes to what you want to hear from him, you need to hear what, how you're going to handle not just managing the White Sox or managing a Major League Baseball team, but leading a team to the World Series. I mean, those are the expectations for this White Sox team right now. That is what Pedro Griefel is going to be uh, uh, judged on. You know, that, that's, that's what he is going to uh, be tasked with doing. And the only thing that matters during his managerial tenure is whether he takes this team that was built to win a championship to a championship. I think the other questions that I talked, and I talked about this yesterday, are more important for Rick Hahn. And that's, okay, you got your wish. You went outside the organization. You're bringing in new ideas, fresh perspectives. What makes this guy different? What is what are the different things the 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 outside opinions that he told you in that interview process that you know that you responded to so positively and said we've got to have that as part of our organization because we didn't have it already. I wonder if and the big thing that I said is the White Sox have to own the division and they clearly didn't do that in 2022. They did Correct. that in 2020 and and they somewhat did that in 2021. Um, but still, like maybe that's the thing. Maybe Pedro Griefel knows the AL Central better than anybody else, and maybe it's not even to get them to the World Series. I do wonder, uh, or it was a good question, or. or uh, thought that was brought up by I think Josh Nelson yesterday uh, about this being a perfect fit for a first-time hire. Do we think that's true? Because that's something that we weren't really bringing up because we thought, oh, they're going to look for somebody with experience. They're going to be looking with uh, Joe Espada, who's been to so many World Series yeah. recently. Um, they're going to be looking to somebody who you know is at the top of the top or pick from the Astros, the Yankees. Um, is it shocking that it ends up being from the Royals and it ends up being a first-time manager? It's a double-edged sword for a first-time manager. You get a great job. Like, you're not rebuilding. You are expected to hit the ground running. On the other hand, you are expected to hit the ground running. And if you have these rookie mistakes like he will have next year, people will get on him. And people will say, hey, you hired a first-time manager to manage a team that's supposed to be a World Series champion. How many times has that happened? Why would you do this, Rick Hahn, et cetera, et cetera? I actually have no problem with the hiring. First year managing, what, however, Tony years, 30, 40 year managing. I ultimately think that managers don't matter that much and wins and losses. And, you know, I can vary with uh, different guys. So ultimately, his job is to manage the clubhouse, manage the players. And uh, all the interviews I've heard, he is a fantastic communicator, a guy that had the analytics in his background and he understood to Ned Yost he can't just be go up there like ex-woba ex-bacon this that and the other he's got to say to Ned in his language hey this is what analytics mean in your world and how you would understand it this is how it's going to help our team out that's very valuable I hope he brings that type of mentality to the White Sox who are stuck in an older school mentality with Tony La Russa and Miguel Cairo before him and then Ricky Renteria before that they're still not really up to speed with Major League Baseball it seems like Pedro Griefall and the Royals were so that's going to be a good thing for a first-year manager to run into with a experienced team that's ready to win yeah and no go ahead I'm just saying I, I really don't think it matters first time manage first time manager or not mm-hmm. I mean People wanted Tony Larusa out the door, you know, before he even got the job. Yes. Tony Larusa, the the one thing that you couldn't argue with that hire is that he knew what it take to win, took to win the World Series. 
He knows what it takes to to lead teams to the World Series. You could certainly argue that maybe he didn't have the ability to do that in the modern game in today's game. But as many complaints as there were from the second Tony La Russa was reported to even be in the running for the job in 2020, the only thing that you could turn to as the no-doubt slam-dunk positive was, well, he's done this before. Mm-hmm. He knows how to do it as well as anybody else has ever known how to do it. Um and it didn't work. Right. So I, I think if if you've got if, if you're saying, well, he need the the guy who should have been hired needed to have this experience, this experience, this experience. You just had the guy with the mo- with as much championship experience as anybody uh, around, and it and it and it did not work at all. Well, I wonder, couldn't you argue if Pedro Griffel has the experience or knows the experience how to get a team to get to uh, you know where the Sox want to go and get get a World Series ring? Uh, because if we're looking for a team with postseason success. Uh, the Royals definitely have more than the White Sox. Uh, the Royals, during Griefel's time, won six postseason series, the 2014 Wild Card, the 2014 ALDS, and the 2014 ALCS, and they won the 2015 ALDS, ALCS, and World Series. The White Sox, as a franchise, have won five postseason series, mm-hmm. the 2005 ALDS, ALCS, and World Series, the 1917 World Series, and 1906 World Series. So, He's got some skids on the wall more than any of uh, anyone with White Sox DNA has. Why do you got to um, bring us down, Sean? Well, I just, I mean, if, if we're looking for somebody with postseason <laughs> success, he has postseason God, success. That's, that's White terrible. Sox fans should be excited that that guy has that success. And I think that you brought up, you know, he has more recent success than Bruce Bochy. He has more recent success or close to Joe Madden's success in 2016. Like, should you be that upset with the guy? I don't well, I so. mean, again, it's, you know? it's it's first of all, it's how how recent do you consider recent? I mean, I think I brought up, uh, you know, b- before this news came out when we were talking about managerial hires. You know, I was talking about someone who won to Herb, who won the World Series. Maybe it was Griefel uh, as part of that staff in 2015, and Herb was like, "Eh, that's a pretty long time ago." You know, and I mean, <laughs> it's just seven years ago, right? I mean, people were banging the drum for Ozzy, and he hasn't, uh, and he won his one, he won his World Series seventeen years ago. So, um, you know, again, it should be noted, Pedro Grifo was not the manager of a World Series winning team; he was he was just part of the coaching staff. But certainly, uh, everyone who was hoping for uh, Joe Espada was talking about the the uh, being a part of a championship staff. The new White Sox manager has that uh, has that. Uh, part of their resume as well. Absolutely. We got some super chats that we want to get to. Um, you mentioned uh, Tony LaRussa about, you know, first time hires and uh, Jack Kukowski, um with the $2 super chat. Thank you very much, Jack. There's no way it could get worse than Tony. You said Tony and that super chat popped up. So I'm just saying that like the, you just kind of people summon, are still, you people, summon the word. People aren't over it yet. Apparently there's uh, there's still, uh, are we going to get fire Tony chance on opening day? Oh even my though God. he's no he, longer he the manager. Not. I guarantee it. I guarantee one of these times next year we're gonna get a just a obligatory fire Tony and it's gonna go throughout the stadium. But like I hope it's when the White Sox are winning like sixteen yes, nothing. I guarantee it. They're, would, they're gonna be sixteen nothing. Yeah, they're if they're like really kicking them. the hell out of the Royals or something. Sixteen to nothing. Home runs are back, baby. Pedro Griffel's wow. in, right. in the in the in the Pedro's chair. Pedro's like, hey, hit home runs. Um, like, hey, good, thank you. Uh, they won that one where Elvis Andres hit that one home run off that one pitcher. It was like eleven nothing. It was the twins, right? They didn't they kick the yeah the, they, yeah the twins in the teeth yeah. So even this bad middling White Sox team won like sixteen nothing. Uh, there was the other super chat uh, from our guy Baseball Tossed. He said, "Missed you guys, and we missed you too." Baseball toss, uh, Tossed. He said, "Who will be the hitting coach?" And I'm sad that Boston won't be back. Uh, there sad. is reports from uh, Matt Spiegel saying that uh, Joe McEwing and Daryl Boston will not be back. And then on the note of hitting coach, uh, there have been a couple reports saying that Frank Aquino won't be back. Uh, Daryl Vance. Allen uh, did say that Charlie Montoyo 
will be Griff Hall's bench coach, uh, kind of double confirming Dan Bernstein's report. Uh, and then pitching coach Ethan Katz and bullpen coach Kurt Hassler are also reported staying on staff. So the two there staying, Katz and Hassler. Um, Charlie Montoya will be joining the bench. And then uh, what was the other one as well? Uh, no, the, and then, yeah, yeah. Uh, that Boston and McEwing are gone. So uh, any thoughts here on hitting coach, where they might go, first base or third base coach, where they might go? Um, no, I don't have any thoughts uh, on who he's going to be picking, but I hope it's his decision, Pedro Griefall's decision with counsel from Rick and of course Kenny and Jerry but for ultimately you have to be confident with the people you're going to have to work with and so through his years of playing baseball in the minors coaching baseball I'm sure he's met a lot of people who are qualified for those jobs and people who are on other teams that maybe are understaffed or under uh, looked or overlooked and they can pick them over to the White Sox Daryl Boston and Joe McEwing probably great guys awesome guys but what do they do they really struggled this year. Uh, Daryl Boston is uh, responsible for outfield, and the outfield defense was terrible. You could say there's first baseman out there, but he's got to coach him up. He's got to coach him up to be better than they were. Well, and but even then, like I mean, there was issues with Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets communicating, but there was also issues with AJ Pollock and Luis Robert communicating. Yeah, like even the outfielders in general will just had a lot of issues where they were colliding. Yeah, and a first base coach for me. It's really a job just to be on the on the team. You know, we had Harold Baines there forever. You know, Harold doesn't say a word or or two words. So it's him saying back or steal or come on back is like the most you're gonna get. So first base coach, really negligible. It doesn't really matter to me. Third base coach is very valuable. You need to understand situation, time, who's up next, arms in the outfield. So Joe McEwing last year failed. I don't know what he did the year before, but he really helped Tim Anderson get his footwork together uh, when he was really struggling with airs. Now, this year, notwithstanding, Tim fell back a little bit, but Joe had a value. He had a skill that was doing well up until this year. And so I'm not sad that these two guys are gone. They'll find jobs somewhere else in the major leagues. And I don't know who they're going to get for a third base coach, but I want a person that is erring on the side of aggression with this team and erring on the side of, hey, let us let them throw us out. Because I feel that the White Sox with Pedro Grayfall coming over from the Kansas City Royals who are very aggressive, first to third all the time, have fast guys. I think that mentality will be brought over to the south side, and I want to see that. I want to see guys going for runs where you've got to throw them out instead of, Joe McEwen getting people thrown out like Yasmani Grandal by five to ten feet. So yeah, it was one I need, time. I need, but one time is way too much. Yas was feeling good that it's day. Yasmani Grandal he was feeling he's great. A little Uh-oh. faster than I am. Looser than go. a goose. He's slight, slightly faster than I am. But those guys will find jobs. And I don't know who the White Sox are going to bring up. I hope that it's all Pedro Griffal's choice because I don't want just people they just bring up the bring up the chain like a Nicky Delmonico or. Whatever that Justin Jersey, I want people who Pedro Griefall trust. Yeah, I, I can cross off some names for you. Uh, I know some people have wondered if you'll go to the Royal staff. Uh, Alex Zumwalt and Mike Tozar have been names that have popped up. Tozar uh, is somebody that uh, Griefall has known his entire life. Can we get uh, Rusty Koontz? Uh, he's first base coach, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he's gone, though. Uh, but this is per Ann Rogers. Really from, nice guy. Yeah. Is yeah. Rusty? Ru- yeah. Briefly, talk, I think I talked to him once or twice in, when I was in Kansas City, and 
just the cheeriest fellow you could imagine. I feel like a guy, Rusty, you could sit there and just chat with him for a while. You know, any any guy named Rusty. Sure. It's a good American name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> per Ann Rogers from MLB.com on October 6th uh, from Royals GM JJ Piccolo, Alex Zumwalt, Keon Dereen, and Mike Tozar will stay in place as the Royals big league Hitting department, uh, Damon Hollins remains his first base coach. Uh, current bench coach, Pedro Griefel, and third base coach, Vance Wilson, are candidates for managerial opening. So maybe uh, Griefel brings along Vance Wilson, who is not retained by the Royals. Um, maybe that's somebody who he adds to his staff, um, and maybe they keep him uh, as the third base coach. So uh, if you're looking for hitting coach and first base coach, not really sure. Uh, I brought up uh, Kevin Long yesterday, but uh, our producer, Stephen Nicholas, brought up that he has a team option for next year with Philadelphia, and also it's a lateral move, so I'm not sure if Philly would even allow that. Alex Rude brings up a good point. Jershley's dad was on the Kansas City coach staff Jershel. with... Jershel. Justin Jershel. It's Jershley. Jershley. Is it Jershley? Yes. Okay, I'm wrong. Sweet. Uh, coach staff with Griefall, so that could actually be a Pedro hiring. So, hey, if it is, cool. But Rusty Koontz would be my guy. All right. Just <laughs> for the name only. Get a Koontz jersey. White Sox. Oh, he played for the White Sox, didn't he? I believe so. Yeah, I believe he did. But, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Herb, you brought it up there. You touched on it quite a bit there, and I think that it's important for folks to remember. Obviously, people are watching the games, and they see the third base coach doing third base coach stuff. Uh most of that time, at least in the case of Joe McEwing, was not he was not standing around uh, during batting practice practicing third base <laughs> coaching. He was coaching the infield, and I, uh, you know, that both the first base and the third base coach on the White Sox, and I believe is the case for most every other major league team, have other responsibilities, and and those responsibilities actually, you know, are are a bit more integral in terms of, you know, getting the players ready to play every single play. Obviously, people are, are going to want uh, their third base coach to, you know, not screw up. That makes plenty <laughs> of sense. But, um, you know, when you talk about, oh, who's going to be the third base coach, let's look around the league at third base coach stats and that kind of thing. No, they need to find some guys that can coach up the defense, get people set where they need to be. Obviously, that's going to be a lot easier to do now that there's no shift. But, uh, you know, Coaching infield, you brought up the the successes that Joe McEwing had coaching Tim Anderson, uh, was working with Yoan Moncada all the time as well, um, you know, hitting fungos to Jose Abreu when Jose Abreu would play shortstop during batting practice every day. Uh, and then, you know, like you said, Daryl Boston was, was a guy working with all these outfielders. You can complain about the results all you'd like, but sitting there and watching all the early work that he did with not only Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets, but uh, Aloy Jimenez before him and, and some of the other guys who you uh, wouldn't think would need so much extra practice, uh, you know, just regular old outfielders taking practice with uh, with Daryl Boston every day. So it's, it's a job – both of those jobs are jobs that don't necessarily uh, uh, real people, thankless. What's that? Thankless. Well, I'm just saying I, I don't think people think of those two guys as having those the infield and outfield jobs. They yeah. think of them being the first and third base coach. Yeah. And I think coaching members of the coaching staff are assigned those positions probably after the fact. I got you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, we do have another super chat from our guy baseball tossed. Uh, he asked uh, about Oscar Colas. Um, Sarah, could you pull that up? The oh, I, I can't see it. Sorry. Uh, will Colas be a star and be on the team uh, day one? Uh, what is the expectation for Colas? Uh, we really didn't get to that part of the offseason plan with Josh Nelson yesterday. Uh, but do they add him to right field? H- has he done enough? Because he got promoted from what was it, Club Birmingham, Project Birmingham, uh, up to Charlotte and did well up in Charlotte for about the the ten games he played up there. I want him to be in the minor leagues the whole year in 2023, unless he just is just that dude where he's crushing down in the minor leagues. And Vinny says uh, yesterday, I think you said that Charlotte's a band box, so we'll be looking more at the road splits for uh, Oscar Colas to see exactly what he's doing 
I just want I know he's an older uh, prospect, so he's not like a 22 year old. Was he 25 now? So he's a little bit more seasoned. But uh, he's 24, turned 24 on September 17th. Yeah, so he'll be 24 all next year during the season. I think that you just sit him down in the minor leagues until he proves otherwise that he is ready for the major leagues. So you don't give him a promotion out of spring training. He's only been in, uh, what, two years of uh, minor league baseball right now in the major? I mean, in the uh, United States? No, just one. one. This was yeah. one. I so 117 more. games. Uh, 895 OPS uh, in seven games in Charlotte, uh, 1069 OPS. Yeah, I need more at-bats. I need failure. I need him to see that he's struggling and adjusting the pitchers, and then how does he battle back from that? Because the last thing you want is that guy to come up in April and then just fall off the table in May and have to be sent back down. You want a complete and ready, developed player when he comes up to the major leagues. Now, if he shows that in the minor in the spring training, he's the best player by far, and he's a major league player at that time. I have no problem bringing him up. But for the most part, if he's just a regular guy that looks good in spring training, send him down to AAA and see a whole year of seasoning gets for him. I think the the answer, the best answer to that question is uh, the White Sox should not go in, spend this offseason planning on him being their opening day right fielder. Um, I, I completely agree with what Herb said, and I wouldn't be surprised to hear the White Sox say a very similar thing, which is, listen, it was nice if we gave him the reward at the end of the season, promoting him to, to AAA after what he did throughout the course of his first year in the minors, but they want to see a lot more from him probably when it comes to hitting AAA pitching, which is uh, famously not as good as AA pitching, but um, you know they, they want to make him uh, go ahead and handle – they want to see him handle minor league baseball mm-hmm. a little bit more before throwing him in the deep end of the pool. you got to remember, too, where the White Sox are. This is, this is a win-now team. They're building a team. They're building a roster for 2023 to compete for a World Series, and if you throw a Big old question mark out there is in right field and say, all right, kid, go get him. Uh, that is a that is a big risk to take when you can uh, install far more of a sure thing there, even if it might not have the ceiling that a guy like Colas could have. Just to play uh, devil's advocate here, just to play the counterpoint, uh, in 2019 when he was in Japan, uh, he played in the uh, Japan West League uh, for SoftBank and it played for a d- different levels of SoftBank um, in Santiago de Cuba as well in the Cuban League. Uh, but in his kind of minor league Japan West series, uh, he had a difference of uh, 4.4 years, so he was still 19 years old and 4.4 years younger than the difference. In the Cuban League, he was nine years younger than the average, and then in the Japan uh, Pro League, he was about eight years younger than the difference. In Charlotte, three-year difference. Birmingham, a one-year difference, and you see the 526 at-bats this year, an 895 OPS Double A, he had a 928 OPS, and in those uh, 385 at-bats in Japan where he was, you know, around the same difference of about four to five years, uh, an 848 OPS. So he's a hitter. Well, and and the re- that's the reason I answered the question the way I did, because right. I think it's more the, the planning is the area where you got to take more caution because you're right, there is the chance that the guy's just going to be good, and mm-hmm. he is going to be the guy that you want in right field for the bulk of the 2023 season. But I think that you need to plan for all eventual or plan for all possible outcomes uh, or both possible outcomes, the one that he's ready and the one that he isn't. And if you plan only for him being ready and say, we expect him to tear the cover off of the cactus league. We expect him to be the guy in right field come opening day. And then he isn't. Then what are you doing? 
Whether, you know, what, what is your backup Scrambling. plan? What is your backup plan? And if you don't have a backup plan, it's going to really impact your chances because what have we talked about? Right field might be one of the only areas where they're able to, to go out and, and, and make some serious moves this winter. Too. Right. Charlie's asking free, uh, free agent outfield options. Uh, you can go get Aaron Judge uh, or you could try Brandon Nimmo if you want to uh, have a little bit uh, lesser of a payroll and, there. And as it was brought up yesterday, those guys won't be signed until later. Like, they're gonna check the I market. Hope baseball learns. I, I I know that's what the, his baseball's history has been, but like we see a lot of action with the NFL. We see a lot of action yeah. with the NBA. I hope once they're at the GM meetings, once they're at the winter meetings, like action picks no, up. The no, the reason that those two sports have that is because there are rules in place that that set it to to make it go. Right. Yeah, baseball teams have no incentive to no. to go early because they can get guys at great discounts later in the year. They're playing a game of chicken basically with the odds pretty well in the team's favor because they're the ones that, that employ these guys. You've seen that the you've seen that those guys, Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge is going to get a, an absolute boatload of money. Yep, we don't right. have to worry about Aaron Judge. But the longer Aaron Judge goes, the middle tier of that free agent system gets really kind of screwed over in many cases and have to take big pay cuts to what they were getting a few years back because major league teams can go out and get the third tier of those guy of those guys who produce only a little bit less or maybe they get two third tier guys is the same price as one second tier guy mm-hmm. and they get the same production. And I'm not sure who Nimmo's uh agent is, but I'm sure he's as Josh said waiting for Aaron Judge to set the market, see what that market's at and then plan accordingly so he's probably not going to jump the market unless he sees a number that is astronomical that reported uh, Colorado Rockies number where it's 125 million I'm like that was just quoting the athletic article right, so it's that, just the athletic article that's had that it, number it's just dumb dumb money I know he's top five outfielder but I would not that's be the team dumb money it's 23 million dollars that's a dumb money for Brandon Nemo. I'm. I'm. They almost not, paid Zach Wheeler uh, that again. It's not my money. Zach Wheeler has proven to be a top-notch pitcher. Go look at Zach Wheeler's numbers before he signed that. He was un. He was un. He was yeah, not healthy. You, I was going to say unhurt. But you don't pay. Unhurt. But unhurt. you don't pay him for what he's done. You pay him for what he's going to do. And they saw that. That's what. What has Brandon Nimmo not done? He's well, done he a lot. Played very. He's much, done a lot. To but your 20, point. But twenty-three million dollars for Brandon Nimmo is a little bit of a stretch for me. Now it's not my money. White Sox go and sign him for twenty-three million. Go ahead, do your thing. As HL says, Boris is uh, Nimmo's agent. Oh. Um, so he he definitely will be getting uh, oh. as much money as he possibly All the money. wants. Um, and I will bet that Oscar Colas will have a better White Sox career than Runsty Kuntz, who had an OPS plus of fifty-nine mm, in one hundred and seventy-one plate appearances. It's not good, but no, it you know Prince. what? But a cheerful guy. A cheerful guy. Yeah. Um, and you could bet on stuff like that. Probably not that exact prop on DraftKings Sportsbook. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Your team might be the Chicago Bulls, and they play tonight against boom, the boom, Charlotte boom, Hornets. Boom, 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 Big win last boom, night. Boom, boom. Um, the Hornets are going to be visiting the UC. So if you're going to the game and want to put some money on the Bulls, put it, uh, put your money uh, in DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Last night was a huge win for the Bulls, and you could celebrate with bigger payouts than ever uh, because DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. I also like uh, LeBron James over points tonight. He averages about like 31 and a half against the Pelicans in the past couple of seasons, and the prop I think is at 29 and a half. 
I'll go with LeBron over. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code CHGO. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And our next partner is Pins and Aces. Uh, Sarah's producing us tonight, which makes me only assume that our usual guy, Steven, is probably hitting the golf course today. 70 degrees on November 2nd? Yeah, that's absolutely where he is. Sunny. uh, Pins and Aces is probably what he's wearing today. They're the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. He loves his Pins and Aces gear. Tells us he gets tons of compliments on and off the course. Probably getting tons of compliments today on the course. They're a family-owned golf and apparel business, and they make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even our favorite beer sleeve. Knowing Steven, he can drink nine beers in nine innings of baseball so just imagine the damage he can do with seven beers on a golf course it probably keeps his drinks cold the entire round so check out pinsandaces.com especially for the holiday season for the golfer in your life and use code chgo for 15 percent off your first order and get free shipping that's pinsandaces.com and code chgo to get 15 percent off your first order and to get free shipping uh let's go into some of the stuff people have said uh let's go first to ed uh, eduardo perez uh he has a reaction for pedro grifal as the manager this was on the baseball isn't boring podcast about 20 seconds of eddie perez uh talking about pedro grifal and i gave you one guy that i know would kick ass right now as a manager and i know because i've seen his work and i see deals with people on and off the field the one, the, the, and, and Griffol. Griffol, oh, Griffol. not okay, a common okay. household name. Not a common household name. He would kick ass as a manager. In that conversation, what Eduardo Perez was saying, the three guys that he would hire, Hall of Famer Barry Larkin, Hall of, Hall of Famer Carlos, per, uh, or Carlos Beltran, and then I was going to say Hall of Famer Carlos Perez. Uh, not. Uh, Dad was, though. <laughs> Carlos of, Beltran, not yet a Hall of Famer. Eh, no, should be. Soon to be. Should be. Uh Barry Larkin, Carlos Beltran, and Pedro Griffol. Um, also, he said uh, the name a little bit differently Griffol. there, but uh, Griffol, uh, and he's We're known gonna him. Find out. We're going to find out tomorrow. Yes, we will. Uh, but he's known Griffol for a long time, so maybe he knows how to say his last name. Uh, Eduardo Very Perez true. and uh, Pedro uh, were the uh, ring bearer uh, at a wedding in their Florida State Seminole jerseys. Uniforms. Yeah, I think Chip Baker has to be a part of the FSU baseball program, but uh Ring bearers at the wedding. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, interesting endorsement there from Eddie Perez. Where Could he be the hitting coach? Picture? Uh, Tallahassee.com. Wow. Mm. Shout deep. out Alex Rude. You're out here deep. Hey, I'm trying. I got here at 2 p.m. Searching, putting in the work, friends. Searching through microfilm and <laughs> microfiche. Microfiche. Yeah. I, I was looking up if Eddie Perez could be the next uh, hitting coach of the Sox. I know that, I think, I don't know if you brought it up, but uh, from time to time, people bring up that Eduardo Perez should be a major league manager. He would be very, very valuable as a person in the dugout. But if he says, hey, this guy, along with Hall of Famer Barry Larkin and Hall of, future Hall of Famer uh, Carlos Beltran, would maybe. be great guys, maybe, <laughs> would be great guys. Would you cover him in Kansas? No, you're not that old. You didn't no, he him. was not in Kansas City then. Okay. No. Yeah, um, I have to believe him. This is what I've been hearing, like – from a person I never heard of in baseball before, which, you know, I'm White Sox-focused, so I'm not listening to everybody, but everybody I have spoken to, people have just reached out to me and DM me and said, hey, man, I know what you said about the Royals not hiring Griffal. He's the real deal. Like, people swear by him, and I've been shocked by how much 
adulation people have for this one guy. They think that he is the guy. That's always gives me pause, though, that the Royals didn't hire him, but we've already gone through the story that they're kind of like the White Sox where they hired Mike Matheny over Griffo's head, which is supposed to be his job. So I'm excited. If Carlos if, uh, Carlos Beltran or Eddie Perez and all these rest of the people in my DMs are all about it, I'm all about it too, and I can't wait to that press conference tomorrow morning when Vinny's going to be out there. It's true. Yeah. Is it going to be in the same <laughs> room? Are you going to have the American flag behind you? I will be. It will be in the same room. I don't think uh, Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson oh. are showing up for this lecture, though. Tim's not going to be cheating off your answers. Like, which, which Vinny right over there? <laughs> <laughs> um, I only bring up uh, Perez just because uh, he did have a couple uh, managerial uh, interviews uh, with the Mets most recently. Uh, played for seven different teams during his major league career from 93 to 06. Was he a hitting coach for, like, the Marlins? Um... Yep, uh, I was just getting to that. Since retiring, Perez has managed in Puerto Rico, where he was named the 2008 Manager of the Year, managed Colombia in the 2013 World Baseball Classic, served as the hitting coach for the Marlins in 2011 to 2012, and as bench coach for the Astros in 2013. So he has some prior experience, and maybe he would want to get back into the game. Uh, we did ask our fans, too. Uh, 500 people on Twitter uh, responded how they're feeling about Grafol as the next manager. Uh, 75% say thumbs up. 25% say thumbs down, and the only comments that were kind of like, eh, were just like, eh, I'm just kind of eh, or who is this? Well, you didn't give an eh no, option there. I think if purpose. you gave an eh option, eh would have won. Yeah. That would be my thought. But it's still, like, positive. I don't know. No, I, listen, I think, I think uh, you know, you see a lot of words, you know, not exciting, un, you know, uh, uninspiring, uninteresting kind of thing like that. I don't think anybody needs to feel excitement over this managerial hire. There's no reason for them to feel, like, really mad either, right? Because um, maybe tomorrow changes some people's minds. Maybe he, he comes out and has a really, you know, wins the press conference, as they as people like to say, and, and gets some folks uh, revved up for what he could do in that manager job. But right now, there's no real need for you to be excited. He's the manager. And if they start winning, you'll probably be excited. Right. And <laughs> you'll, be more, you'll be more excited if they sign Colton Wong or Brandon Nimmo. And I think that it's good that it is not of White Sox DNA, but I don't think the White Sox necessarily strayed away from that. You see the four-hour interview plus with Ozzie Guillen. They really considered him as an option, a viable option. So I like that they hired somebody that is not of White Sox, but they didn't you know, just avoid White Sox people just because they didn't want to go down that road. And they hire who they think is the best candidate for this job. So if they believe that, and more, many people around baseball believe that, there's no reason for any fan to dread this or to think that this is not a good move. And who are the two teams that have had the most success in the AL Central? It's Cleveland or it's Kansas City, at least recently. I mean, I'll Minnesota, Minnesota in there too. Their last World Series was 1991. Kansas, Kansas City won the World Series. Right. Yes, and, yeah, and, you know, Cleveland hasn't, but they've gone to yeah, the World won Series, pennant, yeah. won, won a couple of divisions, have been in the playoffs, just gotten to the playoffs. So I would say the two teams that have done the best are Kansas City and, and, and Cleveland. So if you're trying to win a World Series in this division pick from that tree I don't, I don't think it's that bad um, and a guy who comes from that tree George Brett uh, who worked with Griffol uh, as hitting coach in 2013 as the Royals manager and he was on the Parkinson Spiegel show on 670 the score yesterday and he said quote he's a brilliant man and a good evaluator of talent very very organized bilingual which is I think is important in today's game of baseball he's very likable I think he's going to do a good job I was kind of saddened that the Royals didn't sign him as manager he'll do a tremendous job He's just kind of a guy that people are going to want to do the little bit of extra to get better because of him uh, so you kind of talk about that sentiment of you know Royals people wishing they hired the Royals guy yeah and I don't know why they went away because yes 
he is part of what the Royals are, but from the glowing words, you wouldn't know that he wouldn't be the solution for the Royals. Those two guys they hired before him, Ned Yost and Mike Matheny, are the same guy to me. They're old school, former guy, former catchers who believe in advancing the runner with a bunt, things like that. Pedro seems different, and them going to get a guy out of the Rays system is not a bad thing either. The Rays are very successful. For them to hire Matt Cracharo is a good move for them, but also I always have pause because you have that champion in your locker room right there. Why don't you just give him the job instead? But it's the Royals' business. They lost 99 games. They know how to get better, and so they think this Matt Cracharo is going to be leading them to the next uh, World Series appearance for them. You know, I don't necessarily think it is because I don't think they have the talent as yet, but they're coming. They're they're a decent squad with uh, Vinny Pasquatino and all those people. Well, and you got to remember, too, what have the White Sox been talking about? Wanting to get new ideas, wanting to get outside perspectives and stuff like that from somebody, uh, you know, who, who, who hasn't been part of that organization for a long time. The Royals can want the same thing. And, and I think that, uh, you know, just because just because you don't go just because you go down one road, doesn't mean that the other roads were going to all lead to failure. Yeah. I mean, you could have multiple good options, and, and the Royals uh, uh, took something, maybe the exact same reason the White Sox did, which is let's get something new. Let's shake it up. Shaking up, I'm for. No, I, I mean, I, I again, I wasn't too upset. You if, I think I really would have only been upset with Ozzy. You would have had Matt Quacharo ahead of Prejo Griefall right before this. Yeah. Me it too. was I, Well, Espada, Quacharo. Yeah. And then I really didn't give it. I mean, I it really was kind of everyone else was just kind of like if it was Ron Washington, if it was Pedro Griefel, Willie Harris, and the I didn't field, really care. if you the field. Now I would, and then Ozzy was. Uh, I just want to make that clear. Ozzy was last. I would have been fine with Ozzy actually. No, I, it would have been. No. it would have signaled something old and something White Sox, way too much White Sox action. But you know, I like Ozzy as a person. I like him as the manager. I, I don't lo- as a managers don't matter type of guy. I like the entertainment after the game that Ozzy's going to give me. So I was going to be for that, but he could still do that on the pre and post with Chuck. It, yeah, it would have been absolutely ridiculous. It might have worked, but it would have been absolutely ridiculous. It would have been absolutely <laughs> ridiculous, and it wouldn't have worked. It would have been most not have worked. pre and post game. Uh, I want to watch scrums with the media. I want to watch you, the you game. You just want him to yell at me. Oh, <laughs> everybody! I mean, come on, I want to watch. Talking about Ming. I want to watch the Man, game. My Vinny- rusty. <laughs> Good. Stay. I hope it stays rusty. <laughs> um, we uh, we watch the games, all right, and Vinny's gonna talk to the manager. We don't need to be waiting for the you know the the end of the game, and and that's the important part, right? I want to I want to care about the nine innings. I, f- I get back into my score times where I had to cut up the post game, and so I was like, ugh, Ron Ventura's boring as fucking uh, paint drying, and same thing with Ricky Renteria. So give me somebody who's gonna say something in these post games so I can cut it up and know somebody's gonna play it the next day. I'm sure I'm sure you did. So I another past job of mine i interned at espn 1000 in in the summer of 2010 nice. uh the Sh- chicago baseball managers were ozzy mm. and lou Pinella. Oh, delicious! <laughs> and that's literally basically the only thing i did was cut up their their pre and post game uh comments and you got to cut out all you, for the radio uh. you got to cut it all down as you guys well know but as our listeners might not you got to cut it all down to make it as short as possible cut out the pauses cut out the ums, ums. that kind of thing i can't fathom two more difficult people to do that with than Ozzy and Lou Pinella. tony larusa was rough 
that that year in 2021, I mean, just do it, cutting up his pre and post. I mean, that was that was rough. Just the the ums, the ahs. His the, ums the and odd. ahs weren't too bad. The thing with Tony was that he he rarely quiet. He he kept moving on to the next sentence before he would finish the first the one. first one. Which hey, I got troubles with too. But I wasn't speaking in front of. Okay, I mean, you're, of. you're not getting cut up for radio. I think right. is basically yeah, what you're right. trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. Oh, but Lou, Lou Pinella probably was fun. My first so day. many drops on Lou Pinella. Yes, my first. Day of being MLB commissioner, which is never happening. I'm canceling pregame um, availability for managers. Why? Because <laughs> they just said the same thing last night. Unless they're saying something different. Unless the manager comes out and says, hey, man, I want to do this, that, and the Herb, other. Herb, you obviously don't know how this works because that's the only time we get anything for our stories is pregame. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I don't want to mess your story up. But as a person that used to work at score, like, oh, I got to cut up the because pregame. Vinny's all for canceling the postgame show. Just for a look behind the curtain, postgame is always about literally what happened in the game, right. nothing else. If you want to know, oh, what have your thoughts on player X's performance been lately? It has to come pregame because the – if you ask that same question post game, it's going to be, well, he did this today. You know, he went one for three today, and I thought it was a good hit. Ba ba ba. No, you need some more. You need them right. to expand a little bit more. Well, That's what happens in from the, the one podcast I listened to, Pedro Griffol. I think you guys are going to get some nice Paul Knurkel esque answers. Does that mean they're all going to be like long fifteen minutes hell. long? Yes, thoughtful. Very, oh, so he's going to be Billy Donovan. Oh, Billy Donovan. If you just like cut up exactly what Vinny was saying, you cut up a chunk of what just Billy Donovan answered a question to. Take out all the ums, the ah, uh, two fifteen, two minutes and fifteen That's seconds. That's really long. Yeah, we it's were, ridiculously we were, long. <laughs> we were cut, for, it's usually about three minutes after you cut out all the ums wow. and ahs. Yeah, we were shooting for like twenty to thirty second bites each. Yeah, and no. Vinny would, I mean, not Vinny. Uh, uh, Billy would never give them to you. He would be thoughtful, and uh, Paul Knurkel, same thing. Like he would think about the question and give you a quality answer. But it's like I can't use this, Paul. This is a show clip. This is like six minutes. <laughs> and am I wrong? Like I, Vinny, uh, Tony's whole thing was like, oh, you know. Ask me after the game what my mood's like. You know, it depends on if we win or not. Isn't that all managers? Like, isn't that going to be Pedro Grifol? Isn't that you know, a little sure. bit in a way Ricky Renteria? Of course, but I think the point being that uh, Tony was so out in the open with that being his thing. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? I, I, you're absolutely right. Those guys all want to win extremely badly. Uh, but, you know, Tony was like, this is my thing. Right. Don't even ask me how I'm doing. Is Pedro going to be nervous on his first day? You guys going to ask him? He's gonna Tomorrow? Be like, yeah. You think we're going to grill him? Maybe his first game, though, will have, like, uh, opening day jitters. I mean, that's going to be fun. You hey, mean, Tony said he did. Oh, wait, Tony said he always did. That's pretty cute. Uh, <laughs> welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. There isn't really a raid for the pick of the uh, week, uh, so I just kind of welcome you back in. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO <laughs> I did when that you too. sign What up. a reset. I a nice reset. Did that too. Just a little reset for you guys. Last week, I was like, I don't know where the pick of the week is and I just made my pick of the week yeah well here's my pick of the week uh, it's kind of the pick of today in uh, game four of the Phillies Astros series yesterday was very very interesting with all the Lance McCullough stuff was he or was he not tipping he uh Herb says he was Lance McCullough says he wasn't Philly says he wasn't either uh they're not gonna tell you but Herb knows better than everybody involved in the there's game there's a <laughs> there's a person that does a uh, leg kick uh yeah Twitter that showed the different leg kicks from uh, Lance McCullough's fastball and his slider. But also, like, there was another side-by-side where it was the, the Hoskins at-bat where he ends up hitting the slider to make it, what, 6 nothing, And, like, all the leg kicks are the same on the slider, the changeup. Yeah, people so, so, told them then. They probably saw a video of, of Bryce Harper telling uh, Baum that, hey, 
You it was see, the same inning. You see this? No, no Bomb was like the third inning. Well, he, then he was tipping his pitches to Schwarber the at bat before because Schwarber hit it four hundred forty three feet. Uh, I'm my sorry, whole point I have not is, been is like, paying attention because you just said something. There's someone who does leg kick Twitter. Yeah, yes, that's a thing. Leg yeah. kick Twitter. It's like right. I forgot Sarah, what it's specifically what it is. Want to go under? But it's a guy that's just looking at just leg kicks, leg kicks specifically, and to see mm. if you can get anything from these leg kicks. Mm. And I wrote a tweet. I was like, hey. White Sox fans are like, how are they hitting Lance McCullers so hard? And this guy or somebody in my uh, uh, who follows me is like, look at this. He's diff- doing different leg kicks when he delivers different pitches. And I think his uh, leg kick for his fastball is more closed in and his leg kick for his slider is more but, l- locked out. And what? But other video has shown that when he was throwing fastball, he was using the, the like the short one. Like in that video that you were showing, like, yeah. yes, there is that difference, yeah. but it, there was other pitches and other examples where that's kind of what he was doing all night in different leg pitches. Leg kick nation. OG. Yeah, leg, leg kick nation. OG. Uh, so if you want to throw that out is steal, Steve quite Johnson. the thing to dedicate um, your, uh, your, your, your time. Right. To. Well, <laughs> watch Vinny. See one's higher than the other. Ooh, baseball. Oh boy. Um, the baseball big people can get that. They but, pick up little things. Look how where the gloves at. But the big thing too is like what people are saying is you also need to see from the front. What's the front angle look like? You just can't see this from the back. And also, pitches. And he's more high up when he kicks. They see the, the the one on the right. He's more high up. The body is lo- more elevated, and then he drops and drives earlier on the first pitch on the left. Also, maybe just pitched really bad. Oh yeah, really did. but yeah. I don't I don't know what that looks like as a White Sox fan. <laughs> that man shut us down twice last year in the playoffs. Oh, he was excellent last uh, year, and then he got hurt forever. Pick of the week is uh, Bryce Harper or Kyle Schwarber to hit a home run tonight. Uh, Christian Javier has given up 17 home runs this season, hasn't pitched since October 22nd. Uh, left-handers have a better OPS and slugging percentage against them, so I like those numbers at plus 320 and plus 300 for Schwarber and Harper's left-handed hitters. I also like Kyle Tucker at plus 475. He was good to me in game one off Austin Nola or, or Aaron Nola where he hit uh, two home runs, so why not run it back? So those are my picks of the week. Uh, Kyle Tucker, Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, all two hit home runs tonight. Pick which one you like. Uh, I like the Phillies probably a little bit more, but you know there, there could be three home runs in tonight's game. Why not? Dan from 209 brings up an important point. I wonder if Pedro ranks Tusk ahead of rumors. He better. Um, <laughs> Why? I mean, no <laughs> one would do that. Even me, who was a Fleetwood Mac hater, knows that rumors is much better than Tusk. No one would do that. From the four songs I heard of Tusk. No one would do that. Hmm. No one. Mm-hmm. I would do that. I have mm-hmm. done that. I'm making Tusk 2. We're cutting it down to 15 songs. 20 songs is way too much. And I think the track list is just out of order. I think we got to get the right track list, and I think you guys will honestly see the, the, and the glory of Tusk. Us. And they're all still with us, too, I'll, right? I'll make sure it's on the, your, your trip for Australia. You'll have, uh, you know, you'll have some time to kill. I absolutely will not listen okay. to that. All the I, Fleetwood Mackers are still with us, right? Uh, not, yeah. I not think, currently dead. I don't think anyone's dead. Uh, from the from the your original? classic li- classic lineup. There. Peter yeah. Green dead? So I believe Peter Green might it's be It's not dead. with us anymore, but uh, yeah. Mick is Sky still point. with us. Christine is still with us. Yeah, Christine's still. Stevie Nicks is still with us. Oh, we killed Peter Lindsay Green. Buckingham. And Lindsay Buckingham got kicked out of Fleetwood yeah. Mac, but he is still alive. Peter co- Peter Green is still alive. Peter well. Green's still alive. He's good still for alive. Peter Green. All right. Good for Peter Green. Yeah, so yeah. It's Yeah, uh, why they kick Lindsay out because he uh he's an asshole. Did some he's really mean. Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Well, that happened decades ago. Some, some he's great just albums. mean. No, they replaced him with Mike Campbell. Okay. Who's awesome. And Neil Finn from uh Crowded House. Well, Mike Campbell, come on. Uh, Peter Green did die. I'm sorry. Peter Green was alive. You just uh, according resurrected to, him. Well, he was Good alive Lord. according to Google, and now he apparently died in 2020. Dia so. de oh los goodness. Mortos was yesterday. Um, Danny Kerwin, uh, Bob Brunning, Bob Weston. 
These are all old old timey Fleetwood Mac. Well. Original recipe Fleetwood Mac. Hey, those are those are the people that have died. Uh, anyways, you know who's still alive? Chi Town Cornhole. Uh, Chi Town Cornhole Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicago land in Illinois since 2007. They have signature box styles that you could see at our CHGO tailgate. We brought out the boxes that have our logos on them. Uh, the bags even have our logos on it. It has Nux, the uh, the foam finger. Uh, if you've ever seen him, uh, he he's on the the boxes. It looks all fantastic. So uh, head out to the cor- uh, the 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 tailgate if you want to see the cornhole boxes and bags, uh, you can go check out the tickets for the tailgate at allchgo.com. It's the best way to sample some Green Ridge Farm meats that we'll have out there. Great way to sample the Chi-Town Cornhole bags. If you are a bags player, our signature box style, their signature box style, Chi-Town Cornhole, can be uh, digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Their cornhole boards can come with built-in drink holders recessed in on the back, LED lights that light up the hole, and exterior handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeeping. Uh, veteran owned and operated, and they can ship anywhere and offer local pickups. They specialize in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, weddings, and gifts for all occasions, especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. So go check out their website, chitowncornhole.com, or make sure to follow them on Instagram at Chitown Custom Cornhole Boards. Uh, let's get into the other person that talked about our good friend, Pedro Griefel, and that is Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn is the first White Sox player to talk about Pedro Griefel being the hire, and he joined, again, Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score and said, quote, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, whenever you get a new manager, unfortunately, that means something didn't go right along those lines. I've known him for a bit. I got a chance to talk to him today, so I'm really looking forward to what he's able to bring to the table, how he's going to lead us, and the thing that he's capable of for our group and making sure we're better than we were last year. I've heard a lot of good things. A lot of people are texting me, calling me today, telling me that I'll enjoy him and that he brings a lot of energy and that things that things that bring uh, winning baseball to a team. So I'm looking forward to that. He's a very good communicator. He's very good at getting to know people on a personal level. And when you're able to do that as a manager, you can figure out what buttons you can push on each guy to make them as best as they can be for the club. You mentioned in your article before Pedro was hired, that might be something that the White Sox will love about him. Uh, and you mentioned the Elvis Andres quote about him being a good communicator. Something that Lance Lynn likes. Yeah, I mean, listen, it goes beyond, you know, I think you brought up uh, George Brett saying that, you know, oh, he's bilingual and that's important for today's game. Yeah, it's been important for decades. for the White Sox. It's been important for decades at this point. We're beyond, like, we're beyond that. You know, Tony La Russa is bilingual. He was speaking Spanish to guys in the White Sox clubhouse all the time. Um, It goes beyond just talking. And obviously being bilingual is good. You would rather have that than someone who is not. But... It goes beyond just being able to verbally communicate with somebody. And, you know, Pedro Grifo, because of his background, perhaps is easier to understand and relate to some of the uh, White Sox players who have similar backgrounds or ones that differed greatly from Tony La Russa's, for example. Um, you know, it, it being able to forge those relationships, being able to talk to guys on a variety of levels and relate to them on a variety of levels, that's what it means when you're described as a good communicator. Uh, you know, I'm not saying everybody can talk, but it got, it's got to be more than just talking. So uh, that's the thing that uh, you would hope if you're a White Sox player. People mean when they say Pedro Grifol is a uh, very good communicator. Uh, it, it, it can't help but be a plus for what the White Sox are trying to accomplish. And, you know, talk about guys that, that had really bad seasons last year and need to turn things around, not just statistically, not just on the field, but mentally and emotionally. Um, you have to be able to, to get on that level with guys. And hopefully that's what the White Sox saw uh, for their sake when, when, when they interviewed Pedro. Yeah, I think that, you know, speaking the language is very vital. 
but I think he is a person that needs to understand the man, the person that's in the uniform, and understand that you can't treat Yoan Mankata the same way you treat Aloy Jimenez. They're two different personalities. You don't know how to get the best out of them until you actually speak to them, until you actually meet them, understand where they come from. And with uh, um, Yoan Mankata, he's uh, Grifo is a Cuban-American, maybe is, understands where Cuban-born uh, Yoan Mankata is coming from. Hey, I've been there. I've seen this, et cetera, et cetera. I can explain this in your own dialect, in your own words. And then with Aloy, like, hey, man, you know, say something different because he's more of a happy, fun, loving type of guy. You can't be hammered to everybody or pal to everybody. You got to be different. And I hope that through his years of baseball, he understands that you can't have a all-encompassing approach to 26 different people in 28 when you start the season. He showed up to a wedding in a baseball uniform. He's a baseball guy. Yeah, baseball lifer. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Herb. And Liam Hendricks talked about that very thing at the end of the season when he said, "Listen." Some guys are just jacked up on confidence and need the manager to tell them, all right, man, dial it back a bit. And some guys are in their own head for whatever reason, and they need somebody to get in there and pump them up. I mean, we heard how, um, how important it was during uh, uh, the, the 2021 season how Tim Anderson mm-hmm. ins- just injected confidence into Billy Hamilton. Correct. And Billy Hamilton felt like a different person than he had been in years past and con- raved about the way – not, you know, Billy Hamilton didn't hit dramatically different than he did in all his other years in Major League Baseball, but he felt different, and that was Tim Anderson's doing, a teammate's doing. The manager should be able to have a similar effect, and not just on one guy, but on a variety of guys, and for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a negative OPS plus this year, and it was a 66 with the White Sox, so different, I mean... Pretty good. This is Billy Hamilton this we're Billy talking Hamilton. about. Billy's um, a OPS plus of 66 yeah, is with not the White, pretty good. No, with the White Sox. Right, that's bad. But <laughs> but this year it was minus 43. Well, that's way worse. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, hey, it was way better. That confidence from Tim Anderson was worth a whole 100 points. Um, also, just to bring up Carlos Beltran as a Hall of Famer, uh, there are four players in MLB history to have a wins above replacement above 70, 300 stolen bases, and 300 home runs. Do you want to name those people? You could. Um, Willie Mays. Yep. Uh, Hank Aaron? No. Uh, Ricky Henderson? No. Uh, Lou Brock? No. Alex Rodriguez, Barry Bonds, and Carlos Beltran. All right, so only oh. one of those are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but for <laughs> certain reasons. Yeah. Well, some, wow. some of them are steroids. Anyways, uh, we bring up Lance Lynn. Uh, let's grade Lance Lynn because Lance Lynn is a good communicator as well. Um, had an interesting season because he started off the year injured. Uh, for results, we're giving a B- minus for stuff and command. We're giving a B+, B plus overall, a B+. Plus. Uh, I think Lance had a different, an interesting year. Um, I'll just address stuff and command first. 41 of 102 pitches uh, pitchers uh, had a... Pitching plus of a 102 or higher and 2,000 pitches. So uh, only 102 pitchers had 2,000 plus pitches. Lance was one of them. Uh, and only 41 of those players had a pitching plus of 102. Lance was one of those players. So he was really, really special um, in the stuff command area this year. Um, and Lance Lynn did have a great stretch um, from July 16th to September 15th. 12 games started, 72 and two-thirds innings pitched, 57 hits, 272 uh, ERA. 84K, seven walks, uh, 618 OPS against, uh, but yet a B minus for results. Like it, it still felt like he had that good stretch, had the injury to start the year, um, but the stuff in command, kind of similar to where it was in 2021. So what was the issue? Listen, the issue was that when you get hurt and you have that type of uh, uh, comeback from that surgery 
and it impacts your spring training, it's going to take you a long time to get back on track. And that's what happened. Took Lance Lynn two months to get back on track. And for those two months, uh, he was not very good. And the results were not very good. To get only a B- minus out of that uh, uh, really shows you how great he was uh, in the final two months of the season. See a lot of people you know, complaining uh, throughout the year that Lance Lynn, oh, man, he doesn't have it. They, they, didn't, they, they only got one year of Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn was Lance Lynn in August and September. He had an ERA of around 240, which was lower than Dylan Cease's ERA <laughs> in August and September. And if you want to accuse me of just cherry-picking those two months from Dylan Cease, well, okay, it was not that much different than Dylan Cease's ERA for the entire season, which was right around 2-2. So uh, Lance Lynn was very excellent at the end of the year, should give you plenty of confidence that he can be Lance Lynn again throughout the two. 2023 season should there not be a serious injury that disrupts his whole year certainly the whole first half of it and really beyond uh you know that that was injury related the, the results you saw in the first two months that he came back from the long layoff was injury related whether you want to call it just being you know rusty from not pitching uh for as long as he had he was excellent at the end of the season b minus i think really kind of splits the difference there uh but you know, there, there's really nothing that I saw this year that would lead me to believe that he won't be very, very good next season. As I say with Lucas Giolito and other pitchers who struggled this year, not having the availability of your leader in Ethan Katz is a big deterrent. And Lance Lynn got hurt. Having to come back, and I think this is one of the things I get on the White Sox where I think they rehab on the fly. You know, they get them ready for Major League Baseball, but they're still on the mound in Major League games rehabbing, like getting better. And that's, I think, was happening in that Detroit game where him and Joe McEwing are yelling at each other about ribeyes and uh, fillets. This is what he was doing. He was ramping up from a regular spring training that we would usually have and then you saw the results he had from, I see the, the graphic you put up there, Sean, it's July 16th until the end of September. Filthy. Because his arm was right. And I was like, okay, if the White Sox find a way to get in the playoffs, this guy is going to be full tilt Lance Lynn in the middle of October. That's going to be advantage for White Sox. While you saw Dylan Cease kind of slow down at the end of the year, which is natural because you're getting tired, your body's wearing down, Lance Lynn was getting stronger through when the year went on. And so... I feel like having not having those two months of arm fatigue and all the stuff that goes into a regular season is going to bode well for Lance Lynn next year. So he doesn't have all those bullets and those arms and that uh, those pitches already thrown from 2022. His arm is going to be a little fresher when he comes into spring training next year, and he's going to be a little bit better with the uh, training program that Ethan Katz is surely going to get him on. Yeah, Charlie asked, that's a great question. Can he stay healthy with his body type? And we'll, we'll end it here. Um, Lance Lynn is largely for his entire career, stayed healthy. Uh, 2016, he missed with Tommy John surgery, but, you know, what pitcher doesn't in his career? And then if you look at all the other years, um, starting in 2012 when he made his first full season, was an all-star, uh, 35 games, uh, 29 of them started, uh, and the, the lowest number on this list is uh, 21, which was last year. So, like, outside of that, he's usually good for 28 to about 30 games. You really don't have to worry about him staying healthy because he's had this body type for his entire career and has stayed healthy. So you really don't have to worry about Tommy John rearing back up. Maybe you worry with a knee injury with a guy that is that big and is a little bit older, but 
looked fine at the end of the season. I don't think there's he lingering looked, concerns he, compared to Yasmani Grandal. He, had, I was just going to bring it up. He had the, he had this he had the same injury and the same procedure basically as both Yasmani Grandal and Aloy Jimenez. Those guys don't have the same body type. That's the same injury that happened. So right. uh, again, I'm I, you know I'm not a not trying to play doctor or anything like that, but it's it's uh, it's something that has worked for him as you've mentioned in the past. This is a guy who, when healthy, delivers just incredible numbers, incredible performance, and you saw that incredible performance this very year. The last time, uh, the last two months that the White Sox played, they got Lance Lynn. So you should expect Lance Lynn in 2023. And I I never worry about Lance getting the ball. If Lance is hurt, he is almost dead. That's what I feel. (laughs) Like, the man is going to pitch through some things. So I don't feel like... You have to worry about Lance. You pencil him in as your first or, or your probably your second or third starter. Let him go. Let him be Lance Lynn out there. I was initially I wasn't not against the trade, but I was like, we're giving away my man uh, Dane Dunning. It's gonna be a little hurt hurtful. But hell, Lance Lynn is a hoss. I want him on the bump every fifth day, pitching well for the White Sox. And yes, he started off pretty bad this year in 2022 but I won't worry about 2023 because I think he'll come back healthy and ready to go in 2023 the top two pitchers in the White Sox rotation will have in each of their last fully healthy seasons finished in the top three in the AL Cy Young vote that's Mm -hmm. exciting Uh, and and Lucas Giolito has that potential as well what can Michael Kopech be Uh, again I hate getting excited about this team but should this this year was weird and we should remember that that's why this season is so terrible because this team should be playing not maybe not now but they should have been playing up until two weeks ago they should have had a shot at least to uh, play right now anyways that's Vinny Duber you can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber he's our CHGO White Sox beat writer he will be uh, live tomorrow in person for the Griefel announcement and we will be live at 12.15, so make sure you join us live here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel so you don't miss our immediate reaction. That's Herb Lawrence. He'll join me in studio tomorrow. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We appreciate all of you hanging out with us in the chat. Thank you to Sarah for producing us today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Sox.